Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to give you the latest strategies that are working right now to help you grow your Amazon business profitably, as well as how to plan for your future growth and lifestyle. So if you're currently selling on Amazon or looking to get started in selling private label products on Amazon, then you're in the right place to learn more about the ins and outs of the processes and strategies it takes to develop a long-term sustainable business that brings you income month after month and year after year. And today we have a very special guest with us. That's right. So in this episode, we're going to be speaking with Walid Shazad, and he's from Ship Hype, all about the ever-growing needs that an Amazon FBA seller needs to know when it comes to third-party logistics. So we call them 3PLs, so you've probably heard of that, and prep centers, all that kind of cool stuff outside of Amazon, right? Um, to essentially help store and fulfill their inventory during those peak seasons, as well as, you know, potentially an alternative as well. So uh, welcome, Walid. Hey, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for being on with us today. And before we jump into all the cool stuff um, that Amazon sellers need to know about 3PL warehousing and prep centers and all that other stuff, we just always like to know a little bit more about you, your story, and how you came to be in the position you are at ShipHype. For sure. So my one of my very first businesses was actually selling on eBay, right? And you know, naturally as a seller on eBay, you're probably selling on different platforms as well. So I was an Amazon seller as well. And that was one of my very first businesses. And that was when I was in high school in grade 11. And at that time, I had about $5,000 saved up. And that was from like, you know, selling stuff to other kids and also buying and selling YouTube accounts, actually, right? That was kind of shady. But uh, that was something I did when I was in high school. And uh, so I had initial $5,000 saved up. I started selling cell phone cases. This was around the same time the iPhone 5S came out. I know it's like a dinosaur now, but back then uh, the 5S and it was just really hot. I don't know if you guys remember, but I sold a lot of cases online. In that first year from grade 11 to grade 12, I turned my $5,000 into 50,000. And by the time I graduated, you know, I felt like I was a rich kid. And at that time, it definitely felt like that. But uh, only like a... Basically, a month before I started my first year of university, I got banned from eBay, right? And I know you guys deal with a lot of Amazon sellers. So you probably hear these stories from people getting banned on Amazon. And I ended up getting banned on eBay. And it was it was kind of a big hit for me just because I never even thought of the possibility that that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that just like most people, they never think it could happen. And right off the... any For any reason, you could get kicked off. But I try to fight it, try to peel it. But their customer service was actually worse than what it is now. And even right now, it's so hard to deal with them. And it was a big hit for me, especially because a lot of my money, like even though I said 5000 to 50000 it's not that I had $50,000 cash, right? I just had that much money in my inventory. And now eBay was my only platform to go sell stuff. And now I'm stuck with a bunch of inventory. So uh, like that profit that I just made kind of was like, okay, now I have a dead inventory. So I hit up a lot of local wholesalers try to get rid of my stock over there. I was able to get rid of half of it. So, you know, recoup some, because, you know, when you're selling at wholesale, you have to get rid of it for almost cheaper than what you bought it for. Yeah. And a month after that, I actually started, uh, within that, I started uh, an LCD buyback company. So I wasn't selling cases or cell phone parts necessarily, right? 
I went into LCD buyback. So that was a similar related to that business, but it was a whole different chapter of its own. It did have a portion which was tied to my previous business, but essentially that was in first year university. I did that for a few years and uh, that was very successful. I made a lot of money doing that. So I was able to quickly recoup my losses. And then I finally have sold that company and now I'm full-time in Shiphype. And the previous company that I was talking about just now that I started uh, in first year, for that, I'm I'm from Canada, right? And a lot of my clients, 90% of my clients were in the States. So uh, I actually looked for fulfillment centers who could help me expand my business over to the States because it was important for me to be there. And there's there were some options, right? There's still a lot of options today. But my business was just, I had such a specific need, right? And a lot of the fulfillment centers, especially at that time, were you know, very specific on what they can do and the integrations weren't aligned. And also I had about 10,000 SKUs, which is actually a crazy amount, right? Compared to an average business. So a lot of them were like, no, no, we can't keep that. Or it just wasn't affordable, even if they were. So I didn't have that solution. And after I was done with the previous business, which is called LCD Swap, I was thinking, okay, fulfillment has always been in the back of my head. It's always the, always a business model that I appreciated a lot. And uh, I just fit right into it. And we had so much experience shipping wholesale, retail, all of that. So it was a very easy transition for me. And now I'm doing ShipPipe full-time. We have, we have a fulfillment center. And apart from that, one of our services is FBA prep services. And with Amazon having so many restrictions and uh, with you know, COVID, everybody's e-commerce sales boosting. FBA prep service has been so hot for us. And we have people calling us every single day for removals and uh, just for a variety of different reasons. And even though we're mainly a 3PL, FBA prep is just a huge part of our business now. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's great. Because yeah, it sounds like you've pretty much just tried to be an entrepreneur since as soon as you could start doing that, which is awesome. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't even get that itch or urge to even do that until they work in sort of a have a career for a while and be like, man, this sucks. So I don't want to do this anymore. So you kind of circumvented that whole part of your life, which is actually pretty cool. But let's kind of start with the kind of more fundamental questions because people are going to ask, you know, Waleed, what the heck are you even talking about? I don't know what a prep center is. I don't know what a third-party logistics center is. So let's just kind of explain what exactly is this? What? Why are you building this out when essentially when, when most people talk about selling on Amazon, for example, they can just send their goods into Amazon and then Amazon will fulfill and warehouse it for them. So a lot of the people, as you may know, are selling on Amazon, but you know they might have full-time jobs besides that. And uh, even the people who do not and do Amazon full-time, they don't want to spend their time putting on labels on things. And it's just, especially when you get to higher volumes, right? You find yourself doing this repetitive task of printing stickers, putting them on, and you're doing this day in and day out. All that time can be better spent growing your business, whether you're sourcing more items or helping or increasing your product sales, optimizing your listing. There's just so much more in which there's actually a lot to learn versus when you're just labeling items in. So it is people sending items into FBA, but instead of having them shipped to their house, right, they'll have it shipped to uh, from directly from their supplier to us. And then we prep their items and forward their cartons over to Amazon. This way, they're... For example, like if you wanted to take the deliveries, right? If you have a whole container load coming to your house, you, you have no space to put that. Like you can't fit a container in your garage, right? And also, it's just not feasible once you hit a certain volume. A lot of the international people are having the most kind of trouble with uh, finding a reliable solution because when they want to ship stuff in, 
Amazon has limitations, right? For how many pieces you can ship in and you have to replenish your inventory as soon as you sell it. So if you're international and you're trying to just ship 200 pieces, it's just not feasible. You need to almost use a prep center. And uh, once your items sell out, you use, tell that prep center to forward your items over. So a prep center essentially just uh, either labels your items with F and SKUs that you need, or also can do bundling or pulley bagging. And a lot of prep centers can take removals as well. But most of the people that are using our services, and this is what we also recommend to them, have the F and SKU labeling done from their distributor already. And as soon as they need to replenish their inventory, we do that for them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's essentially what we actually talked about this in a previous episode, because this is a pretty new area for Amazon to have restrictions of 200 units per new product. Um, you kind of have to work your way up through selling history and stuff like that. And then they restricted even current products that could only start, you know, they look at your past three months or whatever and say, well, here's how much you can have. And so if you try to replenish it too soon, especially when you're trying to bulk up for a quarter four, like we are right now, you couldn't send it all in. Right. So essentially, you know, we're talking about putting that inventory somewhere else. So that way, as soon as it starts selling down, we can refill it back into Amazon as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So with that, then in terms of, um, <clears throat> you guys, particularly, um, you mentioned that you're originally from Canada. So do you guys kind of service, um, Canada and the U S or is it, are you all around the U S or like, how does it work? We have two locations, one's in Toronto in Canada, which is on the East Coast. And the second one is Los Angeles, California on the West Coast. And uh, the why we have these, ideally, right, we would like to have a prep center in every city, but that's just not realistic or feasible. So uh, the locations that we have picked, right, are for a variety of reasons. So on the East Coast, we're in Toronto, right? That's 40% of the, pop, uh, sorry, Ontario is 40% of the population of Canada. So most of the times when you're shipping your items in to FBA, it's going to be a fulfillment center in the GTA, right? And now we're over there in California as well. So a lot of, a majority of the stuff that does uh, is being sold on Amazon is manufactured in China. And when people have their items shipped, if it's coming from Asia, it's going to land in Long Beach port first, right? So people like to be, so our fulfillment center is closest to the port. We're actually in Long Beach. So Long Beach is part of LA County. It's a city on the south. And it just makes everything so easy. People don't have to wait for the uh, container to move from Los Angeles to go somewhere else. Now, we do need one on the East Coast eventually because when the goods are coming from European countries, then it comes to the East Coast first. And for now, we have the West Coast covered, which is the majority. But our plan is to have something on the East Coast in the States and eventually on the West Coast in Canada as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah, no, I like just how you use GTA, like Greater Toronto Area, like GTA. That's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish they made a GTA a GTA Six map for the Toronto because it's called the Six as well. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> cool. Yeah. So you mentioned about um, having a prep center and also having a three PL. Um, one thing that we've always thought of with prep centers is, especially if you're bringing your goods in, say from uh, China what would you need to prep, right? Because most things are kind of prepped um, within the manufacturer itself. And then you can get everything shipped direct to FBA. Is there anything other than, say, people that are maybe getting their stuff manufactured in the US that you think that people should do when it comes to prepping their products? 
my number one recommendation for everybody uh, who is using a prep service, right, is to get the FNSKU labeling done by the manufacturer, okay? Because that's pretty much the biggest component of the cost when you're using the FBA prep service. You're paying anywhere from 25 cents to 80 cents for the labeling, right? And if you're shipping thousands of units a month, that really adds up. And your distributor who or manufacturer, whoever you're sourcing the product from, if they can do this for you, they might even just do it for you for free. Or it might be cheaper than the FBA prep center, right? And that's my number one recommendation for people, even when they're shipping things into the prep center. But if not, there are plenty of prep centers which will do it for you because not every distributor is going to put on a label for you, right? And if they don't, the prep center definitely will. Gotcha. That's my number one recommendation for everybody. Yeah. So um, that's good to know because one thing, and that, that's the thing, the key thing that we're all about in business is keeping everything as simple as possible, right? So what we wouldn't want to do is people then go, well, I get my FNSKU done at the, the manufacturer. Should I do it at a prep center? So I'm really glad that you kind of like cleared that up. And I think one thing you also mentioned about was um, potentially, you know, bringing, if you need to bring product out of Amazon and send it somewhere, I think that's an area where a lot of people struggle to find, you know, good suppliers that really help with that because we all know, when you get your goods out of Amazon, they don't look like when they went in, right? <laughs> They're usually yeah. all over the place, different products, different boxes. They're not like in the lovely little pallets. As They don't send them out that way, right? So what I'm interested to see any horror stories that you've seen or how do you think, maybe just describe for people what that looks like when it comes to, say, a prep center like you. Right. So there's actually a lot of horror stories going on as we currently speak, right? Every single day, somebody calls us and they have a new situation that we haven't exactly heard of before. Now, the issue, I think the root of the issue is that Amazon, when they're shipping the removals, right, the communication kind of sucks. Like you don't really get a proper tracking number and uh, it works sometimes after you get the delivery, right? And when Amazon is shipping your goods back, right, it's going to be, sometimes they'll mix things in with like multiple SKUs inside the same master case. And it's not, it's almost thrown in. It's not, you know, they don't play Tetris with it when they're closing the box. And uh, when another issue is that when they're shipping your goods back, they're not going to ship all your goods back altogether. So you might, let's say you had 100 pieces you're removing from Amazon. They might ship five pieces today and then 20 pieces tomorrow, three pieces the next day, right? Like we've had shipments come in where you're getting one whole box with just one unit inside. It's not efficient. And Honestly, I get it. They're busy. And that makes sense why, you know, they probably have their way of doing things. And this is the best way in the shortest amount of time. But it's just not efficient for the seller on app because they have to keep track on their own versus them getting a sheet that they can follow. And a lot of people who have had products removed from Amazon, we help them put, let's say, Amazon.ca says you can't sell this item anymore for whatever reason. People are getting those removed and sending it to a Canadian address. And then from there, we ship it to the States where we ship it to a FBA USA address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good to know, I think, because if you've never had to do that and then people get stuff sent to their home, that would be a nightmare, <laughs> a total nightmare, because you then you have to repack it. You have to put all the labels on again, like if you want to ship it to another, um, maybe another country, like you said, another marketplace which we do recommend to a lot of people, you know, if it, like you say, maybe a product doesn't work in Canada or it doesn't work in the U S you can reprep it and send it to another marketplace, which is a great way of um, moving that stock through. So I think that's an awesome uh, thing to know is definitely use a prep center for that type of stuff rather than get, unless you've got like three products, but you know, if you, even if you've got 
say 500 products, it's still worth it because you definitely don't want to be rebagging all that stuff in your garage, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, the funny thing is when I first started selling on Amazon, I was working with another guy and he actually had his account shut down and had to remove 90,000 units of inventory from Amazon. And we Ooh. spent six months doing this because that's how long it took to get all the inventory back from Amazon. Wow. Repackage it, recarton it, put it back into Amazon FBA. It was a nightmare. So yes, that, that happens and it is not fun. Now that account got shut down for very good reasons. There was review manipulation going on. I actually literally it was the day before I was start, supposed to start working with the guy and I thought I'd lost my job. But yeah, that was definitely a horror story. And, and I, I don't feel, I don't envy your position and doing that for other people because I know how hard it was to do for myself. <laughs> Wow, that's actually that's at the top of the list of horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was like a account doing something like three hundred and thirty thousand a month that just went to zero overnight. So that was a crazy piece of a piece of history there. That was in two thousand thirteen. But yeah, very quick learning scale right there because it's like, oh, now what do we do? Oh, well, here's what we have to do because we got no other options, right? You know, right now a lot of people are at home, right, working from home. So it's easy for them to receive shipments. I wonder what it's going to be like when people are back in their offices and working. Yeah. And because the delivery times for carriers are the same time as people's working hours. So there's kind of a conflict there. Yeah. Not a lot of people are going to be like being able to pick stuff up or, hey, they're dropping off 13 cartons of stuff, whether it's like 12 units in that carton or not. But a USB UPS delivery guy is just going to set it out front of your house or whatever. And if somebody comes else and picks that up, like you've just lost all that inventory, right? So it's, you know, not great. It's not a great scenario for a lot of people. So yeah, a prep center, I can vouch like in that scenario for removal services would be a highly recommended uh, situation for you. Now, another thing that you guys actually do is something that is called kidding, I believe. It's basically when, and, and we actually have a, a member who does this, um, gets partial products or pieces of their product. It might be a bundle with a couple of different things in there. Then they send it to their house and then they put it all together themselves, put it in a box and ship it all into Amazon. Now, from what I understand, you guys actually also do kidding and stuff like that. So you can actually take over that process. So they're not spending all that time themselves, right? Yeah. So we have two kinds of kidding services. One is for specifically for subscription box businesses because we are a 3PL. So we have a lot of subscription box companies and you know they really cycle through a lot of inventory. And they need to put it, put their box together. They need us to put their box together and then add the items and prepare it so that it can be shipped out. Now for the FBA side, a lot of people are sell, selling items in bundles, right? And that's where kidding comes in. So if let's say someone's selling a tape, uh, sorry, a stapler and staples with a two, they might be buying those two items separately from two different suppliers. And they'll have somebody, they'll have a prep center bundle those items together. And it doesn't have to be just two items. It can be as many items as they'd like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good um, service. Like I said, if you're doing it in your home, that's just a waste of your time and effort as a, as a business owner, right? You, like you said, you can spend time listing optimization, PPC optimization, marketing, launching strategy, all that stuff. You don't want to be sitting there manually fulfilling and, and boxing up your product because that is just low, low impact type of stuff as we talk about Kirsty. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, there, there's no learning in there, you know, like all of those things you just mentioned, there's so much to learn. There's so many layers to it. As far as labeling goes, after about 20 hours, you know, everything that you would know after 10,000 hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. No, absolutely. And it's funny because it's those types of jobs that take up a lot of the time. So by the time you finish labeling stuff, then basically, you're, you're number one, you haven't got the 
the want to sit behind a laptop and figure all, all the other cool stuff out that's actually going to grow your sales. Um, and you don't literally have any time left. So yeah, that's one key thing we, we're very keen on uh, when we when we talk about how you grow and grow your business is to be outsourcing those tasks and not even do it once. Like guys, literally, what Walidi is talking about here, don't even bother doing it once. You don't even need to know how to put a label on. Like literally, you could just do it yourself, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. But essentially, just know the steps that you need to do, but you literally don't need to do it. Like find the services that are going to do this for you because... I mean, I, I started my business when I was in Australia. So there's no way I'm going to get stuff shipped to my house and then ship it all across to uh, to the US, right? It just doesn't make any sense. So geographically, if you're not in the place, you tend to do these things a lot easier, uh, sorry, a lot earlier than if you're literally there because you feel like you can do it. So just because you can doesn't mean to say that you should. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 like we always talk about the abundance mindset, like, find people to take over those tasks that you don't need to be doing those you know, five, $10 tasks. And, you know, with a service like ship hype or another free PL or another prep center, get that stuff done. You don't need to do that. I don't care if it saves you, you know, 10 cents, 20 cents a unit, that profitability is not worth it to, you know, kill your brain cells and, and tape stuff and <laughs> put stuff together. Right. So, yeah, exactly. that's a good point about learning all, you know, in about 20 hours. So that's a good point. Um, so let's, let's back up a little bit here as well, because, when we talk about 3PLs, prep centers, all that kind of stuff, we know there are a few things that most people need to do. Um, firstly, they need to be able to have that inventory stored at a reasonable price, right? So there's got to be a warehouse facility stored at a reasonable price. It probably will be somewhat competitive on the storage with Amazon's fees. Uh, but then secondly, they have to have probably fulfillment options, which you guys obviously do as well. That has to be at a reasonable rate. So has to be kind of on the same tier as Amazon with that. Now, obviously, then we also talked about the other factor of shipping in, you know, goods to Amazon and also shipping to, um, you know, to the consumer, which you can't really compete with Amazon and shipping because they just get like the world's greatest shipping rates because they pretty much own USPS and UPS. But you'll, you'll pay a little bit more, but at least you're not doing this from your home and spending even more time, more money. And essentially, would you agree that those are kind of like the three most important factors? And there's anything else that I'm missing there within the, the 3PL prep center, what you'd be looking for? Those are the three most important, actually. There are a few that are that take position four and five, right? One is a dedicated account manager. I think that's something you should definitely look for because you need to have that one point of contact whom you know this person you can contact for every single thing you need. There's going to be instances where you need to reach out to them and make changes and know what's going on, right? And versus like sending an email to someone's support at email and then versus dealing with just one person directly for everything, they'll they'll be at the warehouse, they'll be able to access your stuff. That's way better than uh, just a generic support kind uh, service, right? So mm -hmm. when you're looking out for fulfillment centers, that's something you should definitely look out for. Awesome. And then five actually yeah as you, uh, said, you said five as well <laughs> yeah number five is for example the services that they offer you want to make sure they're able to facilitate the fbm type services too right i know you spoke about it but besides this there's other services as well like the removals not every prep center does removals mm -hmm. and whatever your needs are you want to explain that to the best of your information to the best of your knowledge break it down simply explain it to the prep center and ask them can they do this 100 percent and they should be able to. And if they're not, they should let you know. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point, actually. So if if you're thinking about using a, a prep center or a 3PL, 
for um, one, one thing, right? So let's say, for instance, right now, pretty much every Amazon seller out there, whether you're an experienced seller or a new seller, you're going to need a 3PL because of the restrictions that we've currently got with Amazon, whether you're launching a new product or not, right? Um, but then looking at it holistically, in the future, I might need a removal service. In the future, I might need a relabeling service. So I would personally be thinking bigger, longer term around those core areas of those things that I might need and find a fulfillment center for that one need that I need right now that can do all those things if you can. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if you've got an account manager there, then they're going to be able to fulfill all of those needs at whatever point you might need it. So I think guys, if you're thinking of you know, you've got one thing right now and some of us are in an emergency because we need it right now, but try and think of the 3PL that you go with because that's probably going to be the first thing. Do they do all these other things as well? And you start to build a relationship with that account manager as mm-hmm. a as a business move forward. Yeah, and make sure that they're not like overcharging you like crazy for like, oh, you got one return, that's $12 or something like that. That's like, what? No, I'm not going to pay $12 for a return. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. just shopping for com- competitive rates, but also making sure that those services are there. That's a great point. Yeah. Guys, number six, actually, I think this is pretty important as well. You want to ask them, how will you be submitting your orders to them? So how is that line of communication? Even though you have an account manager, right? You want to see, hey, am I going to be emailing my account manager or calling them? How am I going to be communicating to them what I want? And how are they going to be updating me when this stuff is done? Now, there's very few uh, for, for, uh, FBA prep centers that actually have a proper dashboard and where you can actually create orders. I think about maybe there's maybe 200 and out of them, maybe eight of them actually have a dashboard. That's the poor number that we have currently. But, you know, as technology advances and uh, it almost becomes a requirement to have a dashboard, the ones that do, I think, will shine in 2021. But if you have a dashboard where you can just view all of your inventory at all time, you can see what they have in hand. You can see the pro, uh, the status of your shipments, whether they've been shipped, or they're on hold, or is there a special notification? That makes your life much easier because you can see the bigger picture of your business from just about anywhere. Yeah, awesome. that, that brings up a great point because you know one one big thing is that it connects to Amazon without you having to sit there and manually tell them when to fulfill orders, right? So is that something you know they they we call it API when when you connect to Amazon's API? That's basically their backend data you know center where you know if I've got 1500 units in a fulfillment center, it shows 1500 units on my Amazon side. And then as it sells down, it automatically removes that. But also as it sells, those orders are transferred right into the dashboard, as you say, to that fulfillment center. So that way I don't have to sit there and manually send them these emails of every single order that comes through. Is that kind of how you guys' process works as well? No, I have to clarify this. So there's two parts of it. So FBA side and FBM side. So if you're doing FBM side, you will do the API and you'll integrate with Amazon. So all of the orders that come in through Amazon get pushed over and uh, you'll be able and ShipHype will be able to see all of your orders. Now, when it goes to comes to the FBA side, over there there's no integration required because you are just actually shipping your stuff into Amazon and the orders and inventory that is in Amazon is separate than what is the inventory at your prep center. And there's actually no need for integration for the FBA side. Yeah, correct. So I should have made that clear. I was referring specifically only to the FBM side for that. But yeah, you're right. If you ship to FBA, that's already done on the Amazon dashboard, right? But when you're when you're connecting your in, in, in integrations from your dashboard to the FBA Amazon API, then that actually shows on both sides what the inventory is for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And also, um, 
with you know, maybe another requirement that people might want is if they've got their own uh, website, right? So if they've got their own fulfillment um, through their own website, they may be fulfilling through Amazon. But again, if they're storing if they're storing some product with you, could they could that also be shipped through to your let's call it your platform or whatever? Are you able to do that through say Shopify or other other kind of website? Yeah, th- those are the people who love us the most, actually, because they can have one shared inventory. And w- when they get Shopify orders, we're shipping, the, we're shipping it out to directly to their customer, right? When they're getting Amazon orders, it's the exact same inventory we're using to ship to their customers. And when they need to make a shipment into FBA, right? Or let's say Walmart or, you know, a lot of people that have a lot of other wholesale channels as well, besides the ones we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do all of that with one shared inventory. And that's what they like. Awesome. Yeah. Because another key to thing at this time of year as well is, is that you might have some, say some website sales, but also the fact that there's inventory restrictions, but also there's big um, storage fees that come with this time of year. Right. And so that's another reason that a lot of our members are thinking about using a 3PL as well is to hold inventory at a, maybe at a cheaper level than getting all those kind of extra fees that creep up on you at, at this Christmas time. Um, do you, do you um, see that a lot with your customers as well? Um, they do ask us whenever we have new clients come in, right? This is one of their questions they always ask, right? Because they see this in a lot of places. They say, hey, are your Q4 rates different than your Q1 to Q3 rates? And also, do you have more space? Because all, a lot of the prep centers and fulfillment centers right now are backed up. So they didn't expect this many clients and this year has been crazy for them. And, you know, the leases they have signed already, and it's so hard to find industrial space right now. Retail is hurting, but industrial, it's very hard to expand, actually. So a lot of prep centers are backed up. Uh, and sorry, I, I lost track. What was the original question? <laughs> yeah, I was just saying is um, if basically you you have a lot of customers that do that. So maybe maybe just work with you guys over the Q4 period just to oh, kind yeah. of alleviate that stress. Yeah. So we don't actually have any additional fees we charge in Q4, right? A lot of people, a lot of fulfillment centers do for this reason, because they have to store so much more goods and they don't have the space for it. But we have plenty of space. And when it comes to like staff, we're not short on that because we project that we're going to be busier then. So we hire accordingly. Yeah. Awesome. So you might might be running out of space after this podcast, perhaps. We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you know, you'll have to buy out an airport hangar or something just to store store warehouse kids in. <laughs> great stuff. And I love the fact that you're also in Canada because we, you know, there are a lot it's it's a great market to expand to if you haven't started in Canada as well. And um we've actually biased because found... she's in Montreal though. So yeah, yeah, I'm biased. I'm biased. Um <laughs> Yeah, because trying to find one was actually quite difficult. <laughs> it's quite difficult to find. Um, so we've talked a lot of ways how we can use services like like ShipHype. Is there any other thoughts or insights that you've got for Amazon sellers before we let you go? So my number one recommendation, whichever prep center you're looking for, right, is call them. Call them and speak to them, right? Email them because this way you'll be able to gauge what their support is like and uh, this is something that it's it's num- you're looking for peace of mind when you're hiring, hiring a prep center, right? If they don't communicate with you, you're never going to be able to achieve that peace of mind. So call them, email them, see what the response times are like, right? And that should be a good indicator of what their service is going to be like. There's no other way to actually tell, right? You go on anyone's website and they'll all say we have the best customer service. And but there's it's just one of those things that you want to you can't find out until you actually use their service. 
And it's just a trick that I think is helpful for people, you know, hit up like four or five prep centers. And uh, besides this, I've also put together a list of 200 prep centers in USA, Canada, and UK. Because look, if somebody needs a prep center in New Jersey, we don't have a prep center in New Jersey. We have one in Los Angeles and in Toronto. But if someone needs one in New Jersey, then uh, then there's other options, right? And they're never going to use our service. They need that exact list. So we've put, I put together a list of 200 plus prep centers in Canada, USA, and UK. So I'd love to share that with your audience too. And uh, so they can actually find the prep center that they do need. That would be awesome. We get asked, I reckon we get asked about three times, a day, three or four, five times a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prep center in Long Beach, California. Who's got one in New Jersey or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, there are them. You can just Google them and see what's out there. But yeah, I agree that if you have kind of like a resource like that, that's great, great resource to have. Yeah. Our resource is super updated. We just created it in November, right? So a lot of the older services or somebody who's not in business anymore. So I know there's lists available online, but I think ours is the most comprehensive. So I'd love to share that. Yeah, great. Especially because you know what, what people are looking for, which is even better. You know, it's always good to have a recommendation from someone who should recommend it, <laughs> which is brilliant. Yeah. So thank you so much, Waleed. We're going to add, um, obviously, a link to Ship Hype below this um, podcast in the show notes. Um, but if people have got any questions and how to actually contact you direct, how, what's the best way to do that? If they want to contact me directly, it's Waleed at ShipHype.com, W-A-L-E-E-D at shiphype.com. And uh, if they don't want to contact me directly, they're a bit shy. We always have our support at shiphype.com and call us. We'll help you out. We'll give you the best advice what you should do. A lot of the people right in this situation don't actually know what is the most efficient way to go about this. So explain to us what your situation is and we might have a recommendation to how you can save money and time. Awesome. Yeah. So thanks again very much, Waleed, for, for your insights and, and strategies on how to use prep centers and 3PLs to your advantage to make sure you can manage your inventory properly, you know, get the, 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 the resources of like, you know, time management back in your life or whatever you need to actually create and grow your business. So if you guys like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to feel your lifestyle head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And we'll see you guys next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.